Uh, right, hello everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. It's the 7th of September 2020. Uh, my name is Adrian Boothy. I'm the Head of Trading here at TrendSignal and joined with me today as ever is our Chief Analyst Jerry Miller. Hi Jerry. Uh, hello all. Hi, morning. Uh, plenty to talk about uh, today. Some massive movement on the stock market. We're going to be talking about SoftBank, uh, which uh, seems to be uh, the stimulus for the uh, big fall last week and a few other bits to go through uh, as well. Um, Jerry, why don't you kick us off as ever? Um, what do we know? What's been going on? Wow. Well, what about? What about a volatility? Um, it sort of was expected, but we just don't know when it's expected. Um, we saw some extraordinary moves in August, Adrian, um, which now sort of makes sense. They do and they don't, but uh, uh, I can explain. Um, so last week, um, Certainly on Thursday and Friday, the markets got uh, unnerved by quite a bout of profit taking in, the, in, in big tech, uh, the, the fangs or fangs without the N, uh, it's now Microsoft, not Netflix. But uh, these stocks have just been going ballistic, absolutely ballistic. Uh, and just good old fashioned profit taking, Adrian, I'd say, uh, is, yeah. the, is the headline, really. Uh, is it worrying? Not really, not, not when they've gone up and the Nasdaq's up 33% on the year, bearing in mind how far it had fallen during the start of the pandemic. It's been an extraordinary performance, absolutely yeah. extraordinary. I think one thing that statistic that I heard that kind of puts it in perspective is that I think on Thursday, Apple fell by about 8% and it fell by the same market cap as McDonald's. Yeah. Um, and that's it, only 8% of Apple. And you'd think of the, yeah, everyone knows McDonald's is a ridiculously big company. Yeah, um, but not uh, compared to Apple. Uh, obscene, uh, really. Uh, uh, Apple sort of eclipses so many things now. Being the largest company by market cap uh, globally, and e even when you take into account Aramco, the Saudi oil company, it's yeah. just extraordinary. Last week, um, the value of Apple temporarily, mind you, surpassed the uh, total market capitalization of the FTSE 100 constituents. So that's all 100 stocks in the FTSE are worth less or were worth less than Apple was on Tuesday, I think it was. Yeah, extraordinary. It's staggering. It really is. Uh, then I also read over the weekend, Adrian, that um, there's this uh, small cap uh, index called the Russell 200 or Russell 2000. I apologize. Russell mm -hmm. 2000 index. And that basically is a list of the top 2000 small cap stocks in America. Well, guess what? Apple surpassed the gross capitalization of all 2000 ish stocks. I say 2000. It's not always exactly 2000, but it, it's roughly 2000. Apple is worth more than all of those companies put together. It is just extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and it dominates everyone's portfolio. And everyone talks about, well, I'm making this money, that money, and everything else. But would you buy it now? Would you get on that conveyor belt? Not in a month of Sundays, surely. Some people will be. And we'll find out in a month or so whether it's a good trade or not. But, uh, you know, this news about um, SoftBank kind of puts some of it in perspective. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that, Jerry? Yeah, uh, as the precursor on Wednesday last week, we had a report about this spike in volatility on the NASDAQ. Um, and what, what these market watchers have are, are ways of monitoring the volatility. And, and on the NASDAQ, it hit 38%. Whereas the broad market, that's the S&P 500, which has got the VIX, that was 10% lower, i.e. the NASDAQ was 10% higher. And it's they couldn't understand it. No one could explain it. Why was the volatility going up? Well, as it turns out, there's been a massive play 
by um, a company called um, SoftBank, which is a Japanese-based uh, sort of conglomerate come asset manager that's been hoovering up vast quantities of call options in big tech and other tech um, to the extent that it's pushed volumes in some of these uh, options uh, up by 300%. Um, and I think, you know, this 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 company or this asset manager is run by this chap, Mayoshi Son, um, and he's referred to as the Nasdaq whale now for these massive bets on these tech giants using the options. But they are a significant risk, Adrian. Uh, but they are, for now, they're accounting for a big portion of the daily volume. But when the news came out, it's now like, right, so that's what's happening. So when he stops buying, what's going to happen? Hmm. Yeah, yeah you, you're at real risk of just one one buyer, aren't you? Or, or if indeed he starts to close his positions out, um, you know, it's uh, you're at risk of just one one guy's mood, and that's not really the best place to be, is it? That's for sure. No, that's right. I mean, um, all, so, all these prices have got massive. You know, they've they've gone through the roof, uh, and everyone knows that they've got a long way to. They could fall quite a long way and still look pretty good. You know. Yeah, but it definitely puts it in perspective what's what's been going on um, with some of these tech stocks. And you know, over the last couple of days, I think a lot of a lot of people have just thought, God, that's a bit of a risk, and just started to just close their positions down. It sort of makes um, it makes some sense, particularly when you consider uh, what was it that Tesla rallied seventy four percent in August. Yeah, it, it, it's not. I mean, we had a chat before um, coming on air now, and. Um, Tesla announced a stock split in early August, and in August, it's rallied 74%. It's the sixth biggest company in America. It's just it's just off the Richter scale. I mean, just from a, the, the multiples on that, I mean, you know, the company's only ever had four quarters in profit, and a lot of that's to do with sort of carbon credits rather than natural sort of trading. Yeah. And it's yeah. uh, and it's the sixth biggest company in the States. It's just unreal. Yeah. Actually, actually, on the subject of Tesla, it's curious, on Friday, uh, the uh, S&P Dow Jones indices, which is the company that basically decides on the components of the indices, uh, yeah made their sort of quarterly announcement about the, the shake-up of the constituents in the um, S&P 500. Rather bizarrely, Tesla was left out of the index. And I think everyone expected it to go in because it satisfied those criteria. And I know you've mentioned about carbon credits and stuff like that, but profits are profits. Uh, and it's had yeah. four consecutive quarterly profits, which is the criteria for entering the S&P 500, as long as you've got a valuation that uh, makes it. Uh, but uh, Tesla didn't make it. Um, and I think after hours on Friday evening, uh, it fell by 7% in reaction to the news. Yeah. But what's interesting is having been rejected from the S&P 500, Tesla, being the sixth largest stock in the US, is 100 times bigger than the smallest stock in the S&P 500. So it's sort of nonsensical, but maybe they just think it's too volatile and could easily come off. 90 yeah, percent I don't, I don't maybe, know maybe um i mean certainly you know it is going to come off because there'll be a lot of fund managers pension funds who would have been building positions in tesla from a tracker perspective you know looking to track you know what the s p 500 will be on the basis it was a shoe-in yeah, to get in that's good but point. Now not they have to then unwind those positions because it's not part of the track <laughs> you know if you if you're buying portfolios for an s p tracker you have to have all 500 constituents surely but it ain't yeah, one. yeah. no no you're right I mean, but hey, listen, it's up 20, 74% in August. I mean, if yeah, it comes up 20%, survive. Survive does it look much? I mean, I mean, you know, if you look at a, a chart for the year on Tesla, it's up 
500%, something like that. And if you look at it from its low in March, when at the, at the depths of the pandemic sell-off, it's actually rallied 700%. I mean, these are nutty prices. Yeah. Uh, but it, you, you know what? I, I, I think um, um, with the news out the bag, I, I think investors are going to, uh, they'll probably use this announcement to take some more money off the table. Uh, so I, I, w- I would expect to see, um, you know, more selling in the um, days to come, possibly. Um, and if, um, <laughs> if SoftBank have got their wits about, then they might want to do a bit of that themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I say so. Of course, if yeah. they do, that's going to move the market somewhat, isn't it? That's for sure. Well, there um, you go. So, so what do we do on the week then? Uh, last week with these equities, obviously big corrections, but they had a pretty decent start to the week, though, didn't they? So it wasn't yeah, like the, yeah. a, a massive gloomy week for stocks. Was yeah, it? they did. It, it, it uh, the S and P basically had its worst um, day, I think, on Thursday since early June. Nasdaq had its worst um, uh, day since um, March. So that really puts it in perspective, um, uh, and that really uh, was. Um, you know, not, not even that half decent non-farm payroll, the employment data agent on Friday could really deflect yeah. the moves. Um, so, you know, um, and I think the only one that did manage to keep its head above water was the Nikkei. Uh, and I think that's probably more likely something to do with the resignation of Shinzo Abe. Uh, although I was thought he was quite popular. So I'm not sure what the market would go up on it. I, I think also the dollar um uh, strengthened quite a bit against the yen, so that also supported the Nikkei, but uh, it was was not affected. Whereas the FTSE, gosh, we we gave up two and three quarter percent, uh, and the DAX here in uh, in Europe also gave up what 190 points. That's about one and a half percent. So, uh, but in the context of where they'd come from, it ain't much, Adrian. Though, and anyone who yeah. thinks that, oh, now I'm buying dips, now I'm buying dips, it's fine, and that's worked. But one day, until as people find out, yeah, until it doesn't, yeah, that's that's the phrase I was looking for. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, and what about the currencies? Because the dollar's certainly been on quite some retreat uh, after uh, over the last little while, isn't it? Do, do you know, Adrian? I, I was expecting the dollar to rally a bit more. You know, we 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 we've come up from um, you know one twelve, one thirteen against the dollar on the euro uh, from early ju- early July. Uh, and what did we hit at the beginning of last week or end of the previous week? I think it was one twenty against yeah, the euro against the dollar. It, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I would expect to see the dollar rally a little bit more on the back of this um, as the markets. And, and it was quite a significant sell off Thursday and Friday at one stage, although the markets did bounce a little bit to the close. But I'd have expected the dollar to have uh, sort of snap back a little bit more, really. Uh, maybe it will do. Just for clarity, and that will be basically a risk um, off play. So people will be switching out of riskier stocks and then putting into safer havens, perhaps like the dollar. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and I think. Um, and it was pretty good on employment data, which didn't seem to have a lot of impact, really. And and actually, the dollar was moderately strong after that uh, employment data release on Friday afternoon. But by the close, the dollar gave back a lot of its gains on the day, which is just weird. Mm. Uh, but um, And then you've got sterling, of course, which continues to defy all the doomsayers and skeptics. But uh, um, I think it's having a slightly trickier time at the moment as uh, these sort of final negotiations in the Brexit, uh, you know, the, um, the trade uh, deal. Um, and I think, um, what is it, what's his name, Barnier said, he's worried and disappointed by a lack of concessions from the UK. Hmm, I think that's probably what we would say about the EU, I suspect. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, it's, it, Maybe that is that factored in that 
a no deal? I, I would suggest not. My suspicions are that this is all game playing, um, Adrian. And I'm, I'm, the way the EU work, it'll be a last minute deal, if, if I could suggest that. But maybe, maybe. Game playing in the media followed by a, a last minute deal. That, yeah, that's just familiar. Hasn't happened before, has it? Well, it happens every time, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's it, really. Apart from uh, precious metals and gold, well, gold yeah. just reacts to um, uh, the dollar, really. Um, uh, and it's sort of having made that two thousand um, uh, dollar level, it's really struggled. But it seems to have sort of found a bit of a support where we are now, really, yeah. sort of between uh, that's right. you know, nineteen twenty. There's it, it seems well supported there and constrained sort of at two thousand, really. So we're stuck in a Second, a sort of a seventy, eighty dollar range at the moment. Whereas oil, we these, so we had these conversations a while back, um, wasn't it? Where we were stuck back um, here. You can see my screen in sort of mid July, and we had to pop above this sort of eighteen ten level. And then when it did mm. that, it sort of went for it. And I think if we can get back above two thousand, we have a nice convincing close above this sort of eighteenth of August level. Mm. Might see another big wave higher, but I think we've got to get up there first, haven't we? You know, yeah, it, it sort of depends on the outlook of the dollar as well. And I think you know this is all coincided with a significant weakening in the dollar, and that really has definitely ground to a bit of a halt. Um, maybe it's just a bit of the digestion or indigestion, I should say. But there is sort of question marks over the ECB's willingness to accept this a lot stronger euro, which let's face it is a big drag on the economy. So uh, it offsets quite a lot of the QE and the other monetary stimulus so you know whereas the US is benefiting from a weaker dollar so yeah um, but will the ECB are this we're meeting this Thursday so we'll find out what they think about the whole deal um, and of course we'll go through the um, the, the calendar and events uh, in, the, in the podcast in just a few moments because we split it up now don't we into two separate podcasts mm -hmm. but uh, um, uh, just finally uh, well possibly finally uh, oil um, bit of a pullback on oil uh, last week, but they, again, largely moving in line with equities, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've been making that point and over the last sort of three or four weeks, and also the point that it, it looks vulnerable to a sell-off in equities, i.e. it's just making gradual gains, higher highs, higher lows, but then as soon as there's a chance to come off, wow, look, in three days, four days, you know, we're, we're, we're back to um, early July levels. So in four days, we've gone from, you know, it's a multi-month high since the depths of negative prices almost. Uh, and then we wipe out a um, couple of months worth of uh, gains in, in, in three days. But that's oil. Yeah. Up by the stairs, down by the escalator. But it's always oh, yeah. the same way, yeah. isn't it? Very much. I mean, it was a big move. I mean, WTI fell 8% last week. Yeah. You, you yeah, it, and you know these moves have been nothing like okay we had a big move here you know sort of right at the end of july but otherwise it's been sort of slowly ratcheting its way up hasn't it and yeah, it's quite yeah. small candles the atr's really been quite light and yeah not not now we'll see but of course being a holiday in the us today we're not going to get much uh, of an inkling because uh, we need to see what the stocks are going to do with the likes of tesla and apple uh, but we've got that delight to happen uh, tomorrow afternoon yeah exactly uh, uh, um, Tuesday afternoon, anything else to run through uh no that's uh really adrian uh, that's what, sort of summary of what happened last week yeah 
Good. Okay. Well, look, stay uh, stay tuned. We'll be um, uh, pushing on with the week ahead um, a little bit later on, so you can uh, check that out on your favourite podcast uh, place. Um, so we'll be talking about the main events that are coming up for this week. Um, there are other events uh, outside of the economic calendar, however, that you'd uh, be welcome to come along to. So, for example, uh, at Trendsignal, we've got three live trading events going on this week, uh, where we invite home traders from around the world to come along and see what we do, how we do it have a look at the strategies learn one of our favorite trading strategies as well and it's all about simple concepts to identify turning points trends and momentum and if you'd like to learn a very simple to use and yet very powerful trading strategy then get yourself booked in for one of our live trading events we've got one today monday wednesday and friday this week and you'd be absolutely welcome to come along they're free all you've got to do is go to the webpage bit.ly so bit.ly slash learn ts so bit.ly slash learn ts and you should see it on screen as well if you're watching this on our website or on youtube get yourself booked in and we'll teach you what you need to know. Uh, otherwise, everybody, have a great week's trading, and uh, we'll see you online again next time. Bye-bye for now.